We're actually going to be having a conversation today about what God is doing in us. A lot of times we want God to move through us, but God actually wants to move in us more than he wants to move through us. And we decided as a team to come together tonight to actually have a conversation about what God is doing in our lives. So my name is Will, and we're going to be having a conversation about what the Lord is doing and why we should not leave this quarantine the same way we went in. Let me introduce some of the people on our conversation uh, today for our panel. Me and my wife right here, uh, we're the ones, um, three years ago in our apartment, we started a prayer gathering not knowing what it was going to turn into. But we also are parents to our baby little girl, Karis, who's at home right now with her grandmommy. And then we have Dennis Cole. Our brother Dennis is actually a father to three children, which means that his wife is incredible, and he's with us today. <laughs> he's with us right now because Hannah, you're the bomb, so Dennis is with us, but he also actually oversees all of our worship ministry. If you've ever been blessed by our praise and prayer, our prayer room in our ministry, it's because Dennis oversees that. And he leads that for, um, the, for, the, for those of you guys who tune in online. Our sister right there, Esther, she's a new mother to a daughter named Kinsley. Uh, she actually oversees our online presence. So everything you're watching right now, all our social media, our website, her and our amazing team working overtime, they're the ones who do our online presence. And my boy, Tim King here, he, <laughs> he oversees... <laughs> He oversees and, and all the production and video, but he's also a newlywed uh, with an amazing sister, amazing friend of ours named Nicole. But he's also actually a small business owner, a wedding business owner who helps us to do a lot of film, photos, and productions for us. And we together are going to be sharing with you guys how God's been moving inside of us. Now, as we start, let me just read a verse to you guys uh, in James chapter 1 verses two through four, that's going to guide this conversation. James, the actual literal brother of Jesus, all right, like his brother, okay, not brother in the faith, like literal brother. He says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, and let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Let me just break down a few things for us tonight as we begin. James is writing to believers in the first century who are going through persecution, who are going through poverty, who are going through extreme difficult times. And he says here in verse 2, Consider it pure joy when you face trials of various kinds. He keeps it broad and he keeps it vague because he is saying that all trials that come into our lives are serving a purpose under the sovereignty of God. And then later it says in verse 4, let perseverance have its work. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. So what is James saying here? James is saying that suffering and persevering has a purpose in our lives that God is working in. In other words, I believe the coronavirus. I believe COVID-19. I believe 
the fears of our next paycheck, the fears of what's happening next week and next month. It's serving the purposes of God and it must finish its work. I'm imagining by now, most of us, I know I feel this way, are maybe a little tired of hearing so many messages on the coronavirus. I've read enough, amen, thank you, wife. I've heard enough sermons, I've read enough blogs, I've read enough articles, I've read and heard from Democrats and Republicans and pastors and business leaders and economists about the coronavirus, but I haven't actually got to hear how leaders have been processing personally. I haven't got to hear what are you going through How has God been speaking to you? Not just a message, not just your thoughts, but what have you been experiencing? So today, we're going to be talking about how you've been dealing through it personally, how you've been dealing through it as leaders, as parents, as a a business owner. How have you been processing what God's been doing during these times? So here we go. The first question that I'm going to ask, and we're just going to jump into it and we'll see how this goes. This is the question I wanted to ask you guys here. What's the one personal thing that the Lord has been working on and teaching us during COVID-19 and maybe even some idols that God has revealed to us during these times? So somebody just go ahead and go first and we'll, we'll see how this goes, fam. I'll start us off. Um, this is so funny because we're sitting next to each other, so you're just bouncing it to me. We live um, together and we're a family and we're married just in case you don't know us. Yes. <laughs> you know, there's social distancing. Yes, yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I just want to talk about how we as a, I haven't been able to really even connect with some of our team members deeply about how they've been responding to COVID. And so us having this conversation with our team, um, our leaders in our ministry is such a blessing for me. I'm excited to hear what they share tonight. Um, but I don't know about you guys, but for us, the shelter in happened almost overnight in the OC. And so for us, for William and myself, we have Karis, as you guys know, a toddler, uh, 20 months, and uh, she's active, she's moving around, she's usually at daycare. And since we couldn't send her to daycare, suddenly she's home with us all the time. And in that first day, we didn't know what to do. Um, It felt like, it almost felt like you're on a boat that's moving at a pretty good speed and then it just stops. And I feel like we were kind of feeling the aftermath of that in our home, in our marriage, um, even with Karis. And for us, that was a huge game changer. Um, We just had to refigure out, readjust so many things. And so for us, um, I think when I think about the first few weeks of COVID, the internal things God was doing, um, he was really interrupting us. Um, intentionally. And I feel like he was really trying to get our attention. But um, for me personally, I feel like as I'm reflecting on just the past few weeks, I know God was trying to get my attention, but I feel like I didn't let him in the beginning. Mm. And I feel like for me, that's personally what God has been revealing to me, that I am so accustomed to a hurried life. So much so that when my own daughter was home with me all day, I was like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? I need to send emails. I need to prepare, um, you know, this teaching or this video that I was supposed to send in. I need to be making some calls right now. I was supposed to be talking to someone on the phone like an hour ago. Uh, You and who's going to make lunch now? You know, and it just and I just didn't know what to do. And I, I literally felt like for the first week we were both 
chickens with cut off heads. Like we were running around not knowing what to do. And um, looking back, as I was reflecting and praying today for our conversation today, I knew God was trying to interrupt us and ask us um, what the condition of, for me, what the condition of my heart was. And when I look at that time and I was reflecting on the first few weeks, I realized that um, one thing God has been teaching me, and I'm just going to say it so that I don't go around in circles, um, but one thing God has been teaching me is that I highly value productivity. I highly live off checklists. I highly value being able to, at the end of the day, breathe and say, okay, I sent out 100 emails. You know, I, <laughs> I, I talked to all of our leaders or I um, you know, was able to do this and accomplish this. And I'm constantly struggling with this internal like, battle to want to achieve more to want to do more, to want to accomplish more. And I wouldn't even say it's to be like, quote unquote, successful. And maybe that is my long-term like idol that I, but the immediate during quarantine, what I was struggling with this with is productivity. For sure. And God was revealing that to me. And God was revealing that I value productivity, productivity over fruitfulness and he's, I mean, faithfulness. And he's teaching me the difference between productivity and fruitfulness because I kept saying, God, I'm doing this for you. God, I need to send these. I, I'm keep. I'm talking. I'm talking about emails because I mean it, guys. Like for she'd me, that was like. She'd be like, she'd be like, can you watch Karis? I gotta write this email. I'm like, so, can you watch Karis? I gotta write this email. So for me, emails is at the forefront of my mind. Um, but for me, I rebuke emails in the name of Jesus. No, I'm no, but for me, really, like it was like you know, the first week of COVID, I couldn't sleep well. I couldn't rest well. My heart was anxious and overwhelmed. And when I sat down today to prepare for what just just what God wants me to share today, I felt like God was saying, you value productivity over faithfulness. And there's a difference because God wants me to be fruitful. God wants me to be faithful in the things he's called me to. But there is a difference because productivity is focused so much on the external things. Again, emails, right? Like accomplishing things, doing things. But fruitfulness is a fruit, is a, is a result of faithfulness, me being faithful to God. And fruitfulness has so much more with me, uh, has more to do with me being with God, me spending time with God, me being faithful to God, what God asks of me. God doesn't ask me to write a hundred emails. God wants me to spend time with him. God wants me to be faithful as a mother, to love my daughter who's right in front of me. God, and, and so I just felt like I was getting that so confused, um, wanting to be productive and wanting to be, um, like, uh, yeah, productive instead of being faithful. And I really had to search deep in my heart um, this morning and I was just reflecting and I realized that um, there is a difference. There's a difference between being fruitful and being uh, productive. And fruitfulness is a result of faithfulness. It focuses on our internal being with God. Um, It focuses on kingdom impact, not on success. And so there is a difference. And God was just really highlighting that to me, that I am so prone to go after being productive for God instead of being fruitful for God's kingdom. And fruitfulness can only happen with God with us being with God. And I was reading a book even this week, and I'm just going to pass it off to someone with this. But there was a quote that really stood out to me, and it said that our doing gets in in the way of our being with God. 
that us serving God gets in the way of us loving God. And that just really spoke to me because I feel like this past, the past few weeks, God was showing to me and even rebuking me saying, you missed the mark. Like you've made it about yourself. You've made it about what you look to others, what you're producing, what you're accomplishing instead of your personal faithfulness to me as your father and as your Lord. And so that was just what God was really highlighting to me in these past um, few weeks. Yeah. It's, inter- it's interesting that you, you say that because I feel like in a way it's prophetic because, you know, I see a lot of memes that's going on right now. It's like, if, you're, if you don't come out of this, you know, COVID-19 starting a business, or if you, if you don't come out of this starting like something new, then you failed, right? Like, it's like, you got to be productive right now. Like you have all the time in the world and you need to be like doing something, you know, but it's so interesting. 10 ways to be productive during COVID-19. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and there's like all these things that are just out there right now. And, and, and I love that you say that because I think it's giving us freedom to not necessarily be productive. Cause that could be like striving. You know what I mean? That could be like just chasing something that's more of an ambition, but like waiting on God and being faithful, yeah. you know, and just, and that will bear fruit. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I love what you share because I feel like it's a it's it's a prophetic message to actually a lot of people during this time because they hear that a lot. You know, I mean, I hear that a lot, and especially as like an entrepreneur, I think like I could definitely want to like, okay, I gotta start something new. You know, I was like, Lord, give me an idea, like give me something fresh, give me something new. Um, but I mean, I I'll share it later. But man, I just feel like God saying, No, you gotta be with me. Yeah. You gotta yeah. spend time with me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love that. I love that we shared. Yeah. And props to all the moms out there. Man, Amen. I know your mom too, <laughs> P.S. But man, props yeah. to all the moms out there, man. For Woo. sure. I just want to piggyback off of what Andrea said. And once quarantine started, you know, as a working mom, I felt like my work increased um, at home and just work in general. Like all the work came home, and I felt like God, you know, uh, actually. Andrea spoke a message at church about um, intimacy with the Lord, and I really felt like the Lord was calling me to deeper intimacy, but I just really didn't know how. I just didn't know where to begin, and it felt like sometimes Bible reading plans felt overwhelming, and I felt like I was behind, but I just felt in my heart like compelled to tell the Lord, Lord, I'll give you my most precious time, and it's her longest nap. She takes this one two-hour nap that's the most precious to me where I get the most work done. I could schedule our meals or whatever it is. And I said, okay, God, I'm going to start somewhere. And it's her longest nap. My most precious time, I'm going to give it to you. That's good. And I think being even in like Christian culture, I think I felt really pressured to be passionate, to be self-motivated, to spend time with the Lord. And something that the Lord really spoke to me about even a week ago was, Esther, I'm, don't ask me to make you more passionate. Don't ask me to make you more motivated. Ask me how you could become more surrendered. And I realized that, you know, God says, you know, offer yourselves as a living sacrifice. And I always wanted to burn on the altar, but the reality is there has to be a living sacrifice on the altar. And my job is not to set the altar on fire. The, my job is to lay myself as a living sacrifice. Wow, that's good. Come on, that's and good. I think Come like on, a living sacrifice, <laughs> they see the knife, it's like, yo, God, I'm good. You know, <laughs> they see the fire, like, no thanks. But they have a living sacrifice has the choice to stay. Wow. 
And so in those two hours, sometimes it's actually two hours where she wakes up after like 30 minutes and I'm like, God, I'm going to consecrate this time to you. And it just began like that. And I'm going to let you set me on fire, whatever that looks like. Um, but here I am. And so I think that's something that the Lord's been really inviting me as I'm transitioning as like, she's getting a little older at like six months, but it's mother has been such an interesting thing to navigate, but I feel like God's been inviting me and inviting a lot of people to give that consecrated time to the Lord. And it's like a decision, a real decision, a sacrifice to say, okay, Lord, here's my best right now. And I give it to you. Yeah. That's awesome. That's, that's amazing. I just want to acknowledge, cause you know, I'm sure many of us are zoomed out. <laughs> like I'm like, like I'm zoomed out. Like I just want to like, Delete Zoom forever, <laughs> right? But I say that jokingly, but seriously, because we're actually in Zoom calls, this group right here, all the time. And I see Esther with her daughter, like, trying to work while holding her. So even you sharing nap time for parents mm-hmm. is literally our first fruits. Yeah. It's like, I got a nap. I got to do emails. I got to work. But how you're saying, the nap time's the best time, and it's my offering to the Lord. Wow. And you're, you're utilizing that even now during this time. And I think that's... That's amazing. That's amazing. That is, yeah. Yeah, for me, um, I, I just got really convicted by God that, um, you know, going into the quarantine period, um, I, was, I was coming here to, to PNP probably like, you know, um, five days a week or something like that. And I was doing, you know, spending my time in here and I loved it. I was like, I'm so thankful for this. And, um, but, you know, I, as we've been on this quarantine, I just felt like the Lord um, was speaking to me about how I do I do all of my worship and my prayer outside of the house. You know, like at home, sometimes I'll study scripture. You know, sometimes I'll, I'll do some light prayer. But my kids, they don't see, um, they don't really see my faith in action, you know. And, um, you know, we live in kind of a small apartment and... You know, it's it, it's hard to get like alone, quality, dedicated time, and um, but I got so reliant on meeting God outside of the house and doing those things outside of the house, and I just felt like the Lord really convicted me. Like Dennis, um, you need you need to fight for your home. You, know, you need to fight for fight for your home, and wow. you know this is probably my biggest um, prayer request just over this whole past season of my life. You know, if you people ask me what can I pray for you about, I always tell them pray that I'd be a better father. <laughs> you know, yeah. like pray for grace. Um, you know, I just feel like I have so many weaknesses as a father, and um, I've seen you know so many leaders in the church, and so many of them, um, so many of them have lost their kids. You know, I. I don't want to say this, you know, with judgment, just only that for me, like, it's such, it's so important to me that, um, that I have a strong relationship with my children, um, and that they really love the Lord. Like both of those things are so important and I'm always wrestling with the, the difficulty of that, right? I want to be a fun dad. I want to be able to play with my kids and I want us to enjoy our time together. Um, but I also, you know, the, the command of fathers, fathers, bring your children up in the fear of the Lord, Right. And I want to impart the fear of the Lord to them. I've just seen that done badly so many times. I don't know about you guys. You know, I don't want to be the dad that's just like pressuring them all the time. Pray more. Or, you know, like my kids, for those of you who don't know, my kids are like, you know, six and eight. And, you know, I got a two-year-old. I think I totally just messed up their ages. I think they're actually seven and nine. They're like nine, four, yeah. and one. I'm um, but I'm just like so like I'm I'm I want I want their I want them to have authentic faith. Yeah, that's good. You know, and um, 
But anyways, so Hannah and I, you know, we really sat down um, and we decided to have like a schedule. You know, we set up a schedule for our kids and we're doing Bible studies every morning. And I'm trying not to make them boring. Um, I'm trying to make them kind of fun, but I'm also trying to make them, you know, I'm, I'm really trying to impress on my kids. Let's esteem, let's esteem the scriptures, let's esteem the word of God. Even though, like, I know, like, we're reading, you know, we're, we're following the, our daily bread. You know, we're doing some of that. We're doing, and it's like a lot of the stuff they're like, they don't know what they're really talking about, you know. Daddy, why is it so long? <laughs> yeah. Well, to clarify, we're just doing one passage out of the daily reading. You know, we're not doing the whole thing. But, you know, just, um, but I've been so thankful just for my wife. My wife has also had this conviction, like, we really need to do this together. We need to build structure in their life. And so I, I, we for sure don't have this figured out. Sometimes I hear testimonies of other pastors and their kids are like going on fasts and I'm like, wow. Lord help me, you know, <laughs> you know, but I'm, I am really so proud of my children wow. and wow. I do feel like we're growing in this area, you know, wow. that's awesome. you know, let's, let's transition into that. I would love to hear how has God been working in your families? Cause you know, um, we always say this, right? The first church was a family. It was Adam and Eve and their children, right? And the church is even called a family. And I felt like one of the main things that God is resetting or trying to get the attention of is the value and the importance of family, the value and importance of, of marriage, the value and importance of the relationships that actually matter, right? Moms and dads, husbands and wives, moms and children, right? So how has God been moving maybe in your guys' families during these times? Yeah, for me, um, I mean, you guys know, but um, we, in our home, we have three generations where we live with a parent, and um, it's been really interesting just navigating after marriage and having a kid and, um, yeah, living with three different generations. So where, your mother-in-law lives yeah, with you? Yeah, my mother-in-law yeah. lives with me, and um, I think there's a lot of, like, even stereotypes that I can't help but, like, that influences me, like, don't do that or it how it affects um just the marriage and whatnot. And I'm going to be really honest, like it's really unnatural. Um, and it takes a lot of effort and, um, not just generationally, but culturally for us. Like, um, you know, we have two or maybe multiple cultures that are just kind of tangled up together, sort of. And, um, the word that the Lord was giving me was Ephesians chapter six, verse two, you know, honor your father and mother. And it's the first commandment with a blessing. And the past couple months, I just kept repeating that over and over again. But I felt like I was holding my Bible and just banging my head on it. Like, come on, like, let's get it. Like, let's do this. Like, it's that it's a, passion thing you're talking dude, about. Dude, yeah, so I'm talking, like, it's a first commandment with the promise. Like, the Lord wants to bless you guys, you know? And, and I'm going to be real with you guys. Like, it just wasn't working for me. Um, wow. And I just kept praying, and I felt... Um, the Lord, um, just speaking to me through some friends that I was really opening up to that, um, just welcomed my vulnerability and my ugliness. And one day the Lord spoke to me and he said, I want you to tell your mother-in-law your story. I want you to tell her how you grew up, what your relationship with your parents were like and how that shapes who you are today, even as a 30 year old. And so I went to my husband and I said, hey, I think we need to have a family meeting. And actually starting last year, the Lord spoke to us about that. And we were doing family meetings once a month where we just kind of talk about, hey, what's something that's bothering you? Or how can we plan? Like who cooks dinner? Like all those little nitty gritty things like that usually happens between husband and wife is now happening wow. th with three people. And um, 
And so we, but then once Kinsley came, we kind of stopped. <laughs> and um, so I told him, I was like, hey, I think the Lord wants me to share my story with your mom. And he looks at me, he goes like, I think that's a great idea. I <laughs> think He was like tired of hearing all of my uh, just things that are going on inside of me. And he's like, I think that's a great idea. So once one night we were like, hey, let's do it. And I just opened up to her and I shared with her honestly, um, like, Omonim, I'm having a hard time. And I feel like God wants me to tell my story with you. And here was my upbringing. And I think that's why I feel tension in my heart. Like that's like sandpaper in my heart. And I shared with her. And as I was sharing with her, she started crying. And she just looked at me and she goes, you know, I love you no matter what. And, but you sharing your story with me helps me to understand you way better. And that uh, response with kindness and grace did something in my heart where, you know, I feel like a lot of times people want to respect their father and mothers, but the reality is you're not going to respect everything about them. But I think, I think God is intentional when he says honor them because honoring them is not something that they earn, but it's something that we choose. And when she extended that grace to me, I was able to choose to honor her. And because everyone kept saying, like, isn't the fact that she's your husband's mom enough? And to be honest, it wasn't. And I was like banging it and it wasn't working. And um, but that time and and she began to share how, you know, once my father-in-law passed away, like her healing journey and how it's been hard for her. And then it was weird because my husband, you guys know, like David, he doesn't cry. Like he's not really an emotional guy. But he started crying because I think when we started sharing our stories with each other, it started to humanize us. Wow. It's not like mother-in-law, like husband, son, and daughter-in-law, and baby, but it's like they have a name and they have a story. Yeah. And so that's been something that the Lord's been restoring in our family, family meetings, and hopefully that will one day lead into family worship. And wow. I think it's okay. we are coming to a place where it's okay that it's not natural to overflow with so much love, but we're choosing to work towards that direction. And that's something that God's been doing. Wow, so that's amazing. It almost feels like the word healing, right? It feels like God is healing things. And because before coronavirus or before the home lockdown, we were so busy like doing this, doing that. So it was more transactional, but it feels like the relational aspect, being home together has like kind of forced that. It feels like that. Totally, yeah. Yeah. I I would share something um, for us I've always saw it as a blessing because, like, Andrea and I, we, like, do everything together. Like, like you'd be surprised. Like, everything. You guys work together, too. Like, we work out together. Oh. Like, we work together. We eat together. We cook we, together. We cook together. She's together. like, do this. Um, but then what had happened was we had gotten so preoccupied with... It's the same thing with the Lord. We got so preoccupied doing things together, we stopped being together. Like, it's the weirdest thing. Like, we work together, but we're not actually being together. And what had happened was, and I'll be a little transparent because you're being so vulnerable, is we started fighting every day. And some of you guys already know this because I was texting you guys, like, hey, guys, pray for us. And for me, it's very humbling to say that because we kind of have this image like William and Andrea serve God together. They love, you know, Jesus together. But at home, once the corona, once the home lockdown happened, who's going to take care of Karis? You know, who's going to who's going to preach this week? Who's going to clean the house? Who's going to change her diaper? And it was just we were fighting every day, like it was crazy. Literally, 
I'm not exaggerating. Literally every day. And, and I'll be, and I, and <laughs> we can't emphasize this enough. <laughs> yeah, and I'm going to be, and there's a couple of things I want to get to is my wife one night looked at me and said, can we work together? And I got so hurt. And I was like, hey, what do you mean? And I was like, if you don't want to, and I felt like a failure as a husband, failure as a, as a co-laborer, a failure as a pastor, a failure as a father, all in one, because we do everything together. Wow. Right. If I fail as a pastor, okay, at least I'm a good husband. But when I fail with her, it's like every category in my life fails. And then it just hit me. Man, we've gotten so carried away. We've become uh, uh, ministry partners. We became parent partners. But we've kind of lost the romantic partnership. And we've had to look at each other and say, honey, before we are coworkers, you're my wife. Like before, I'm getting emotional. I'm like, don't cry right now. Right? Esther's like tearing up right now. So I'm to look at Esther, but like, and we had to just stop and actually, you know, praise to God. Den- praise be to God. Dennis texts me one day and say, "Hey, bro, I think you should take a week off." And I was like, "Yo, Dennis, I I don't know if I could take a week off during COVID-19." He's like, "Take it off, relax," and we just reconnected. And I just want to say one thing. One of my mentors told me years ago. He said, "Ministry could be going so well." But if you come home and your marriage is broken, everything in your life sucks. <laughs> Even the ministry that's going well sucks. But he said, but ministry could be going horrible. But if your marriage is strong and you come home, you feel like a king no matter what. Wow. And he had told me, make sure your marriage is strong. And for us, I think I, we had gotten so carried away, like Andrea was sharing in productivity, we almost lost what made us us, which is our love for each other. And the last thing I'll say is, man, I'm just getting a little transparent. Is like, once the coronavirus hit, like my daughter is sitting next to me, but I'm trying to write emails. And I just turn a television show on, right? And all of a sudden, like, I could feel like she's not connecting with me. This is weird if you're not a parent. I could tell, like, she sees me. And I keep telling myself, like, bond with her. Bond with her. So I would literally, Andre would joke, I'll, but see, I'll like throw my phone like across the living room and say, get away from me. And I'll try to bond with her. And I felt like the, God was saying, at least to me, as you're starting ministry, as you guys are thinking about church, as you guys are thinking about monthly prayer gathering, even this, he says, you're a father. Wow. Come on. Like, you're a father. Like what Dennis is saying, like yeah. be present with her. Yeah. And I just had to sit and write in my journal. And I said, okay, even when the COVID-19 lifts, the lockdown lifts, maybe we shouldn't send her to daycare. Like maybe we, she wow. should be home. Maybe her being home is what God wants. Wow. And we've wow. literally had to sit down and say, okay, we send her this many days. Let's take out one or two of the days. Yeah. Even, if that, even if that forces us not to do ministry and not to be productive, wow. we're going to be present with our daughter. Yeah. And for the last month, me and my daughter are like best friends again. Like I could just like, she runs to me, I run to her. I'm like, oh, this is this. I could feel bonding with her. For me, at least, I feel like the Lord was saying, build your family and may your family be your fortress. Don't let your ministry, don't let your preaching, don't let social media, don't let your church, don't let any of that be the foundation, but let your relationship. Wow. That was something God's administering to me. Did you want I saw you, yeah. Yeah, um, it was so crazy because we realized that we're partners and it's like we're doing everything together. We're raising cares together. We're doing ministry together. But before partnership, we have to really think about our relationship. Yeah. 
And suddenly with COVID, it was so funny because now we have so much time together. And we have more time together than probably the average couple unless, you know, you own a business together or you do ministry together. Like, we do everything together. So the issue wasn't having more time together because with COVID now, we had, like, nothing really changed for us because we were always at home together. The added element was having our daughter at home with us. But nothing really changed in terms of we've always seen each other all the time. But during COVID, I realized that God was teaching us the value of uninterrupted time. And there's such a big difference because because we work together, we do ministry together, we're making decisions for cares together. Um, You know, we we tend to be on our phones trying to finish up last minute things throughout the day, trying to write emails while feeding Karis, while, you know, talking about things. And and so we're trying to make the best use of our time. But a lot of times that was interrupted time. We weren't fully present with one another. And we realized the power of uninterrupted time because with our phones, we're always interrupted. Not even with work, just with text text messages. There's the distraction of going on social media and just checking and scrolling through while we're together. And that's not really connection time, quality time. And so we've done, William literally (laughs) leaves his phone in the living room now every night. Like he doesn't take his phone into, into our bedroom. Like during dinner, he literally puts his room, I mean his phone in the living room and he just completely... Like is and I could tell he's trying to transition, so he's looking at Karis and like he's I'm trying. Not, I'm, to, not, I'm, I'm with you, baby. Yeah. I'm with you, my love. He's really trying to reshift his mind, but I think that's what God desires. Wow. You know, God desires that we actually spend quality connecting time, connection, so like times of connection with one another. Yeah, and that's because I actually feel like this is supposed to serve a purpose. I don't want to leave to quarantine the same way I came in. And I actually feel like, oh, wow. Because I'm not saying this like, thus says the Lord. I'm just talking about the sovereignty of God. I could feel sovereignly. He is pausing the idol of careerism. He is, he is pausing and, and pointing out the idol of ministry. He's pointing out the idols of success. And he's saying, be present. Present with me present with your wife, present with your daughter, present with people instead of building a tower of Babel. And for me and our family, man, and we don't even usually fight, but it was just, it was getting wild. It was getting wild. So do you have anything, Tim? No, I mean, you put your phone in your living room. That's radical. (laughs) I I called you because your eyes are watering right now. So I saw Tim, you're all right, bro. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. No, yeah. Um, In terms of family, yeah, my my wife is in this room as well, um, just behind the scenes. But uh, it was actually really rough for us, and some of you guys know. Uh, but um, I, I think you guys, a lot of you guys touched upon just family, but I kind of want to talk about something else. is community. Um, I think if it wasn't for the community that we were with during this time, uh, I don't know if, 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 if it would have gotten better. Because the moment when uh, Nicole, my wife, and I shared uh, is just immediate breakthrough. Once people started praying for us, you know, Donald, I don't know if you're watching, but, you know, he just prophesied over us and started encouraging us. It's like, whoo, and like, boom, they're the next stage, just a shift in the spirit. And so, man, I just want to thank my community during this time of COVID-19. And um, man, like, I, don't, I don't know if, where I would be without uh, my church, without my friends. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah, it was that one time on the Zoom call. Yes. Yeah, they were, they were sharing how, like, they're having a rough time, and our church community pray for them. And we were like, we're going through a hard and time. And we were like, <laughs> us too. And then we were like, yo, how about us? Pray for us right now. But, you know, I actually, 
Tim, as you're sharing, um, I wanted to hear this. I feel like some of your struggle with Nicole, because I know you guys, was because what happened with your business. Yeah. Right? Because you're a small business owner. You're a wedding uh, filmmaker, filmmaker, photographer, videographer. You guys have your own company. And I can imagine that even the family or family stress is coming from the shifting and the unknown territory of our small businesses or our companies or even just our careers. And I, I would love to kind of like shift it, but hear from you first, like how have you had to shift and how has God been speaking to you as a business owner, as a leader of a company? I would love to yeah. hear how people are processing, how you're processing. That was a load of question. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a lot. Um, I, just, to, just to share a little bit about myself, um, I, I, I'm more optimistic than, than pessimistic, for sure. But I realize I, I use my optimistic to hide what I'm afraid of. Um, and so during this time, my wife was stressing out because work after work after work just starts to leave, starts to just leave. And, and just, I'm just like, we're good. We good, God, God is, you know, for her, just like, oh my gosh, you know? And then that's when it started getting really hard. That was literally the first week. And it was crazy because we were in New York because we were shooting. And then we flew back and everything just hit, like right after. And then, um, and then for me, I'm like, oh my gosh. And then I felt the same way as you did. Like, oh, I'm not a good, I'm not a good husband. I'm not a good, you know, leader. I'm not good at all this. And I just started to like break down. Just got, every single day got really, really hard. Um, but again, with the community, just, everything just got much better. But with our business, it did not get better. Um, it actually, we took a huge hit, and, and I'll be transparent as well. Um, you know, as someone who depends on events, someone who depends on, you know, things to be going on and get people gathering and meeting, because uh, that is our main source of business, uh, it's completely stopped, as, um, as you guys all know. Um, and we actually don't have work up until September, but even then, that's like, we don't know. And we even just found out um, that uh, sometime in February, we're, there's, they're, they're moving dates again, like cu our couples that we were going to shoot for, because they think another wave is going to hit. And so now we're like, oh, shoot, like, wow. you know, it's like, now what are we going to do? Now I'm like, oh, no, this is crazy. Um, and it's a lot. It's a lot. And, uh, and honestly, we had to, I had to rebudget everything, like, our spending, like eating out, all that stuff, everything just needed to shift. And it actually, actually, I would say like as much as hard as it was, man, God has been giving us so much peace. Wow. Like so much peace where like our marriage has, it was for the first two weeks of COVID, it was the hardest. I can say right now, it's becoming like one of the best again. Come on, man. And we're having our anniversary. My wife's right there. <laughs> we're having our anniversary in about two, three weeks. Come um, on. But man, my heart goes out to all the small business owners, especially restaurant, retail, business people. It must be extremely hard. Um, but man, what God has been teaching me at this season is um, it's just don't strive. I think I have this tendency of wanting to like, Nicole, we got to think of new things. And this is the time. I hear all of, I, a lot of podcasts are like, every time when there's like a you know, big recession, every time when something falls out from the economy, there's, it's opportunity. It's opportunity. So I'm like, okay, I got to find opportunity. I got to find uh, new ways. We got to think of, maybe we'll do capsule education. We'll try to make a business where like, people can start learning and, and purchasing our, 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 our education plan of wow. how to shoot weddings. Wow. And then and I, I started talking. I was like, it's not it. Wow. I'm striving. Wow. You know? And... You know, and then me, me and Nicole, the first thing we try to do, every time we wake up now is just, we got to spend time with God. Come on. Just like you, Esther, I think, um, you know, what is the most 
you know, precious time. And it is when I wake up and I'm spending time with my wife. And my wife loves to just hang out in bed, like just talk. For me, I'm like, oh, I gotta go shower. You know what I mean? Like, it's time to go. It's time to go. And me too, Andrea's like, I'm just slowly waking up. I was like, you've been there for 30 minutes. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but man, like, um, but, you know, taking the step back, God is crazy because I know a lot of people are going through a hard time and I, my heart really goes out to you. But man, like God is giving me so much confidence of who I am as a filmmaker this season, which is crazy because I've always tried to look like a filmmaker, like all the, the, the idols that I look up to, all the people that I look up to. And I'm like, okay, I got to go that route. I got to make a reel. I have to, you know, shoot this and do this. I got to make a short film and do this and that then I will make it like that. But I feel like God's been speaking to me like, Tim, I have not wired you that way this, this COVID season. I feel like he's saying, Tim, you need to just follow me and I will give you the ways. And I feel like God is saying like, Tim, you are a different filmmaker. And I, th- I mean, you guys all oh. messaged me. And honestly, that video, I made that video. It was supposed to play. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, the video's play. fire, y'all. The video's fire. We'll play. get it up. We'll, we'll get it, we'll it up. We'll post it later. <laughs> hey, all my homies, I got my phone. was going like, audio, audio, audio. We'll make it work for y'all, okay? Um, but man, like even that, honestly, like I'll just be real. I felt a little insecure because it's a Christian film, right? And Christian filmmakers aren't like the most creative artist people that are out there. But... I feel like this season, God is saying, Tim, you're going to make Christian films. And that's what I've called you to do. And I'm like, okay, God, I'm going to listen to you. I'm no longer following my ambition, my desires, and I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to run. And so, man, I'm feeling this confidence. I'm feeling this boldness to just like run it now. Because now I feel like God has given me who I am as a, as a creator, you yes. know. And it's because I've shut out what the world is saying now to wow. me. I've shut out what everyone else is saying. Like, this is the route you got to go. You got to make this and this and that. So I'm like, oh, no, I, I just need to obey God and be faithful. And that will bear fruit. Wow. And so, man, it's just been, it's been crazy, actually. And I feel amazing as a filmmaker. And, uh, and this is the last thing I was sharing. I'm kind of sharing a lot. But, um, you know, this COVID season, um, man, it's, it's a blessing because we're okay. Uh, you know, honestly, we have no, <laughs> we have no income for months, but we're okay. Um, and I feel, I feel like the reason why God has brought us to this point where we're okay, it's because years ago, I've always felt this desire of me not wanting to do weddings anymore, uh, of wanting to do bigger things, right? And, and making doper films and, and, you know, things that like people will look at. But I felt God kept saying in my heart, like, you got to just keep doing weddings. Wow. I've called you, like, you know your vision. Like, you want to keep marriages together? Keep doing it. Keep doing it. And that has now allowed our business, has allowed us to be where we're at right now. Where I felt like God was telling us, your faithfulness has now allowed you to be safe right now. Come on. And, man, like, I feel like when Joseph, you know, Joseph told uh, Pharaoh, like, collect all the... The crops, oh, yeah, yeah, so because yeah. you know, I feel like that's what happened. It's just, man, I'm like, dang God, I thank you that you've allowed me to be faithful. Yeah. Thank you that you put people in my life to be faithful. Whew. getting a little emotional, but man, just right, I just bro. thank God. I just thank God for uh, where He's brought us, and man, it's given us now time to do ministry. It's given me time to make that video. It's given me time to help PMP and, and help TMP or help God's Image. God's Image, shout out. I don't know you guys are watching, but you know what I mean? Like, man, it's just given us time to actually care for people and love people rather than stressing so much about our business plan and what we got to do, you know? Like, we did in the beginning, but once people prayed over us, once I rebudgeted, we good, fam. You know what I mean? And it's like, now it's like God's saying, Tim, go. So... Man, you're going to have to pray for all of us. Before <laughs> I know we can't lay hands right now because we're social distancing, but Tim, that's, it's crazy because I actually feel like, 
you are responding the way we're supposed to. I think many of us are still struggling because this is the place he wants to take us to. He wants to take our marriage to a place of surrender. He wants to take our business to a place of surrender. Because I feel like what I was thinking was as you were sharing is like, I think it's in the book of James where it says, do not say tomorrow you will do this. For you're just a mist and you don't even know if you're going to live till tomorrow. And of course, practically that doesn't make sense. We want to be wise. But literally as leaders, as business leaders, we can't plan past next week. We can't plan past like a month from now. And I think what you have accepted, I don't know, is the place God wants to take us to. And because you've surrendered, there is now margin in your heart to hear God's voice. Because I feel like one of the struggles is as a business leader, I'm not a business leader, but I'm very wired to like start new things. I'm so, my mind's so noisy. There's so much noise. And sometimes the voice of God sounds just like another voice. But when you quiet that down, his voice becomes the loudest voice. And I feel like as you're sharing, it's like, I'm hearing God. Even though everything in the world is shaking, God is shaking all things so that that which cannot be shaken could come to the surface. And I just feel like what you're sharing is like, it's amazing, man. Yeah, you know, I mean, we talk about marriages and family, and God is refining that. But man, I feel like God is refining businesses, wow. where Christian business leaders are now rethinking again. You know, like, we talked about it earlier today, but what is my true north? Why, what am I going after? And, and yeah. God has allowed us to do that, actually, where we're like, okay, like, what do we really desire? What is really, really in our heart, you know, where, where now money is gone. Money is no longer the, the answer question anymore. Wow. You know what I mean? No, it's not what we're trying to go after anymore. It's like, let's really go after what God has put in our heart. You know, and so, man, like, God, thank you. <laughs> you know, like crazy. It's just crazy where he's brought us. And um, it's just a test of faithfulness. And I, I, I thank my family, my, my community. And, yeah, it's been good. Wow, it's amazing. Um, is there anything else you guys feel like was, like, one major, like, leadership transition? Because I know all of us here are overseeing things. The reason why I say that is many people who tune in, they're pastors, they're small business owners, they're entrepreneurs, they're leaders, maybe supervisors or managers. Is there anything that you guys have been like, man, I've had to do this as a leader or I'm learning this as a leader during a time like this or as a ministry leader or as an overseer of some type of ministry that you're doing? And you guys have anything like that? Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think... Um, it's because Tim said everything we wanted to say. So it's like, dude, whatever on. Tim said Man, is what we, we want to say. We love Tim and Nicole. Thank you for sharing that. That really was amazing. And I think we see that in you guys. Thank and you. we're just so blessed by you guys. And so, yeah, thanks. But I think um, for me personally, as a leader, like I know some people, their workload um, like dies down. But my workload, actually, it felt like it was increasing. Right, like some businesses are actually there are more greater demands, um, and I think as leading people and leading a team, I think I always felt like I had to have answers. Wow. I had to have the right answer, wow. or I had to have the perfect answer, or um, I, I shouldn't say anything. Um, and so, I think something that the Lord has been really reminding me is like just involve them in the process. You don't have to say something and put a period there. It's okay if there's a comma. Hey guys, this is where we're going and this is what we're, this is what's prohibited. This is what's allowed or this is what's going on with service. And we don't have to always do that because I think we're learning to be flexible 
And I think that's been so hard when I find so much comfort in systems and control, my goodness. And during COVID and this quarantine period, like it's constantly changing. And so just being willing to not keep everyone in the dark and wanting to give them a perfect answer, but involving them in the journey of, hey, this is where we're at, comma, there's more to come, but um, but let, let's keep at it and involving people in it. Because I think for me, one of the idols is like perfectionism. And I want people to find, um, give them a perfect answer and say, this is where we're going. But I think it's okay to say, hey, this is where we're going, but we might shift soon. And I think it was uh, Craig Rochelle, Will always uh, encourages us to watch his leadership <laughs> podcast. But he says, um, he says something about that um, bad news is better than no news. And just involving our people into, hey, this is bad news, but but God's going to give us ideas. And, and we're still going to, the, the true north is the gospel. And we're still going to come at it. And I think, yeah, that's something, learning to adapt, learning to be flexible, learning to move according to, that God's not surprised and he'll lead us. Um, and yeah, just yielding to that, submitting to that. Yeah, I mean, I'll just say real quickly, I just feel like as a leader, um, I make bad and wrong decisions all the time. You know, like little things. I feel like I always choose the wrong thing first, you know? And, um, oh, thank God. Thank God. <laughs> oh, I feel comforted oh, right God. now. <laughs> you do, Dennis? Oh, yeah. All the time. I just feel like um, I, I, I put very little confidence in my ability to make great decisions. I, more of my confidence is I feel a heart burden to go in that direction, right? Like this is, I know I'm supposed to go that way. And my and I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep going and I'm gonna figure stuff out as I go towards that way wow. something like that right so that happens all the time to me where you know we say hey okay let's do this let's try this and it's like eh, that probably wasn't the the perfect way to do it and so we adjust a little bit um, but I just have this incredible confidence we're gonna get there right we're gonna get there because um, we're not gonna give up right wow. and that's wow. that's the part that I feel like. Um, that's the part that's nurtured in prayer. It's the heart burden, right? And what I tell people is like heart burden is the way that we follow God, right? I feel this heart burden and I know we're, we're going, we're going to get over there. How we get there, man, I think I, I do stupid things all the time. I take little steps. God whacks me with his discipline stick, you know, like I get back, <laughs> you know, I get back over, but I just have this confidence, you know, we're, we're going to get there. No, I think what we're hearing is like, I feel like most leaders they plan and they strategize and then they have a blueprint, they have metrics, they have goals. But right now we're having to change that every week, right? We thought the quarantine was going to go two weeks at most one month. I think now is week eight or nine and it's even indefinite, especially for someone like Tim, your business is dependent on large gatherings, right? right? As, as if you're a pastor or a leader, you're, Ministry is dependent on that as well. And it seems like what we're saying is God is saying, just surrender what you don't know, but follow me, follow my voice, follow my leadership. That's that's what I'm hearing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I kind of want to land the plane soon and just go into a time of prayer. I wanted to ask you guys, because now that we've been shut in, and for Esther, even for me, my work actually like quadrupled too. Like it just went so busy. So I've had to force myself to pray I want to ask this question because our audience, you know, they're believers. You know, people who tune in here, they're looking for a space to meet God, the hungry and broken. How has God burdened you at this hour to pray for the church? Is there like 
this is the, what I'm praying, here's the burden of intercession. Here's the conviction of prayer or even some scriptures that I feel in my heart. When I think about the church, and when I say the church, I mean both the body of Christ as well as even the institution. Is there any like heart intercessory burden that God has given for you guys at this time? Yeah, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, Dennis. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple things. Um, the, the first thing, I just feel like w- what you said earlier, the idea of careerism, is that what you called it? Um, this has to be broken off the church. Like, this is such a, a, a gift of mercy, I feel like. Wow. Right? This opportunity where God is interrupting all of our plans, all of, you know, you know the 10-year plan that we had. I, I just feel like there's a sense where people are getting a sense of, you know what, the plan that I have, it may not have been God's plan, right? It may not have been wow. God's plan. And um, I just feel like he's just trying to shake us because, um, look, this is a temptation for all of us as leaders. Because of our, it, and let's be honest, it's because of our insecurity, wow. right? I work with worship leaders all the time. And, <laughs> you know, one of the things that worship leaders usually come and tell me is, you know, Pastor Dennis, I just feel like, you know, to be honest, I'm just doing this for myself. You know, I just feel like I want the glory. I want people to be impressed. I'm like, took you long enough to realize that, (laughs) you know, like, gosh, you know, yes, that's part of, that's all for all of us. We all have that thing inside of us that wants to be recognized and wants, you know, we crave attention and all this kind of stuff. And look, the reality is the church, we have that, right? We have, we want the big buildings and we want, you know, we want to be followed by millions of people and all this kind of stuff. But I just have to say like, God is trying to interrupt this thing in the church. Wow. And he's trying to say, stop building your own kingdom. That's good. Stop building your own kingdom. And we have to shift our vision. We must have an outpouring of the spirit. We must have revival in America. And the temptation for us is to build our own thing and lose track of the greater thing that God is doing. And I just feel like a lot of this has exposed, you know, it's exposed a lot of what works. You know, if you want to, you know, a a successful big ministry, keep it positive, keep it uplifting, (laughs) you know, and, but that has no answers for what we're in right now. Wow. And I just, I just, this is totally my opinion. I feel like this is, is a mercy to wake us up and to get us ready. I, I think harder times are coming, church. Oh, come on. I think harder times are coming. And we need a theology. We need a, a relationship with God that understands the purpose of hardship, that understands trials, that knows, that doesn't see them as, as God. Like a lot of time we have the, if, if I get promoted, that's God blessing me. Wow. Not necessarily, right? Not necessarily. Yeah. And, and that's why when hardship comes, do we know what God's saying? Do we know what he's doing in the midst of it? Right. And I, and we need to equip the saints to be able to handle hardship and suffering and trials and all of these things. There's, there's, depth we need depth in the body and that's the other big thing is uh, my heart is so burdened for the, the fear of the lord to consider his warnings right to reflect him in both his kindness and in his severity that's what the lord's been emphasizing for me so much but i'm praying it for the body that he would purify our heart that he'd raise up worshipers and prayer leaders to put the focus back on him right yeah. we need more of god in our services we need him his presence and his power uh, otherwise we settle for all all the stuff that we can do. We settle Come for on. great production and great volunteers and super skilled singers and all of these things. But all of that, I, I'm just, I have this conviction. It just means so little without God transforming people. Yeah. And we don't, you know, we sometimes look at a couple people in our midst. We're like, thank God he's working.
working. And I'm so thankful for a couple people that he transforms. That's awesome. But we need him to transform the nation right now. Right? Like our vision has to get bigger than just a handful of transforming. Even though I'm so thankful for those handful, you know? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Man, as you were sharing, Tennis, I was thinking about, I think it was R.T. Kendall said, if the Holy Spirit left the Western church, 95% of what we do would go on. If the Holy Spirit left the Western church, he was either, I forget, I'm not, I'm misquoting, you can look it up on Google if y'all want to fact check me. It's like, R.T. Kendall says something like, if the Holy Spirit left the Western church, 90% of what we do would just keep going on and no one would even take notice. But if the Holy Spirit left the persecuted church, it would die. Because they need to depend on God. Because they're suffering. They're going to prison. They're being beat. They're being persecuted. And they, if the Holy Spirit leaves them, they don't know what to do. They don't know what to say. They don't know where to meet. And they're so yielded to the Holy Spirit. Even as you're sharing this, it's like God is taking away that which we use to support and to, even we, it's almost like we built our house on sand. We built our ministry on sand. But God is saying, build it on the rock. Build it on the rock. Man, that's so good, bro. I'm like, man, we should go into prayer. But I, know, I, know. Like, I know, right? Yeah, so let's go in. Let's go. Say anyone else that feels something like, how have you been praying for the church or the body of Christ right now? Yeah, um, I'll just kind of, Dennis, when you were sharing, I was like, we really should just go into prayer time. Um, but for me, what I've been praying for the church is um, that God would just remind us, and I'm talking about not like the buildings of churches, but we as the body of Christ would just remind us of um, of our mission. Yeah. I think Jesus knew that his mission was to seek and save the lost. And there was always need around him. There were always sick people. Um, there were always hungry people. There was just so much need around him. But he knew what his mission was. It was to seek and save the lost. And everything he did was for physical restoration but spiritual restoration. And I feel like right now, God is giving us an opportunity as the body yeah. to be to refocus on what really matters, which is the harvest of souls, for his glory to be spread throughout the nations, wow. that every nation would actually sing and worship the name of Jesus, yeah. and that his glory would be just spread everywhere. And I feel like right now, this like death is in our face. There has, um, since I've been alive, um, and my mom always says this too, she's like, I've never seen the globe like this before. I've never seen fear literally tangible um, in the air, in the atmosphere. My friend who lives in New York, um, actually kind of near the epicenter of, of COVID-19, um, where everything's spreading so rapidly and there's you know so much death out there, um, she was saying death is palpable in the air. She was saying there is terror and fear. And I feel like this is a time where God is inviting the church to remember what our true, I guess our true north is, what our mission is. Because I think in this time, there's a temptation to make it about so many other things. Wow, and right. I'm not just talking about like the physical church. I'm talking about we as a body to make it about our platforms, our doing, our productivity, um, you know, our success, our names, like how much we're producing. And I feel like in this time, God is saying, no, what is your mission? What is the mission I've given you? It's to make disciples and to make him known throughout all nations. 
And I feel like right now there's no greater time and opportunity than for us to step in and say, God, we are willing to be that instrument no matter what it takes. And so I just feel like God is shaking us and reminding us that what will stand and last through the shaking are the things that are actually built upon the foundation of Christ. And everything else that is that we're striving to hold on to, we're striving to maintain and, and continue to do as a ministry will fall and shatter because that's not what God wanted us to do. And my prayer is that the church would, us as the body of Christ, would do the things that God has called us to do and not get caught up in the things that he never asked us to do. And that's just been my prayer because I feel like right now he is, Jesus is crying out for every single nation, every single soul to know him. And that should be ringing on our hearts more than it ever has before. Because there are people that are literally asking for prayer that don't even believe in Jesus, but they're asking, they're desperate for answers. They're desperate for prayer. They're desperate for healing. And my prayer is that there would be healing so that his name would be glorified that there would be, um, you know, that, that we would be the church and really care about souls more than what our ministry can produce at this time. That's good. And, um, and what we as individuals can produce at this time. So that's been my prayer. Amen. Man, I, I heard a quote. I'm trying to say it correctly, but it was something like, when, you, when you're living in luxury and abundance, you look to what you want. But when you're living... In lack, you look to what you need. It's when you live in abundance, you look to luxury, right? But when you're living in lack, you focus on the needs, the real needs. And I feel like what you're saying is because everything is shaking, we don't have the abundance of attendance and even tithes and offerings are going down. So now you're not being enticed by glitz and glamour, but you're like, what's the need? What's the call? What's the mission? And I think I was just sharing that, even as Dennis was sharing that, Jesus is asking the church, who are we? Mm -hmm. Like, who are we meant to be? Like, who are we supposed to be in this world? Mm -hmm. And what we were supposed to be together as a family, but what we were supposed to be as an agency to the world. Mm -hmm. I think as we're sharing this, it's it's really, really amazing. Um, I don't know if you guys have anything else you want to share. I was going to transition, but do you have anything you want to share about that? Yeah, well, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I think the church has, and the body of Christ, we've always seen need, um, need to needs that we need to meet, um, whether it's, you know, poverty or, um, I don't know, families or, or jobs, unemployment. Um, there's always been need, but never a need that the whole globe experienced. It, this is like one of the first time and um, that the whole world is being awakened to their need for something outside of themselves. And I think it's a great opportunity for the church to jump in and say, we have an answer, and his name is Jesus. There is a hope um, outside of your hopelessness, and he's Jesus, and we are his hands and feet. And so I think that this can be um, such a great opportunity and a window for us to remember, again, our true north, our mission, to make disciples of all nations, to glorify Jesus, and... So I think it's just such a great opportunity. And that doesn't mean, because it's an opportunity, we produce, produce, produce. But we come back to the main things of, of intercession, of prayer, of loving others and loving the Lord. It's, it's kind of simple, yeah, but it's us doing the simple things all over again. Right. Yeah, and, and believing that that has power, right. that that is the answer, and that Jesus said that's enough. Yeah. No, that's so good. Um, right now, we're actually going to transition. And for those of you guys who've been tuning in, watching us about this panel we're gonna we're gonna land this plane but we're actually gonna go into a time of prayer if you've never been a part of what we do as a monthly prayer gathering 
for the next 30 minutes or so, we're actually going to have a time of corporate prayer, throwing out topics. We actually believe in intercession. We actually believe that when his people pray, God responds. And I'm actually going to ask if Dennis, if you could just kind of open it up, whatever you're feeling, and just lead a topic, and then we'll transition in and out. So if you're tuned in, please stay in with us as we begin to intercede and pray through some of the promptings that God has put on our hearts at this time right now.